to the Pelican Project podcast. I am Crystal and this is Ellie. (laughs) And we want to welcome you, uh, friends, and invite you to pull up a chair to our table. Catholic life happens here and we are going to continue talking. So we're going to pick up from last week. We were talking about Kelly's uh, pilgrimage to Poland. Tell you. Um, and all of the beautiful things that she saw there, Our Lady of Czestochowa, and talked about her scars, and Lieutenant Jasinski, and um, just really the Lord being his anchor. And today, we're going to pick up on your return, your return home. Tell us about it. Yeah. I mean, last week, I talked about that plane ride home, and how everything was different. I just, everything had changed. My perspective had changed. Um, and when I got back to the States, I hit the ground running. Like God was, you know, you go through seasons in your life where you're like, you know, I wonder what God wants for me. And you know, you're praying and you're looking for direction. And this particular time in my life, I look back and I'm like, whoa, like every day he, he was very clear in what he wanted for me, which is something I need. I, I need direction. And he, he provided that to me. Um, but he placed very heavily on my heart, um, a desire to start a pregnancy resource center, um, to be the center that I needed when I was experiencing my own pregnancy. And, um, and the heart of what that was supposed to be was very clear. It was a place of, um, it was a place to go um, and find God's peace and his love and um, purpose for, for just any woman and family experiencing that cross of unplanned pregnancy like I experienced. And that, when we started, like there was miracle after miracle that allowed that com- to come together. I was... I was literally, I tell people, people are like, oh, you founded this, this organization. I'm like, nope, I am the ignoramus that God chose to do paperwork. <laughs> but, this, but this was truly a, a labor of love on, on behalf of many people who banded together and, and got something founded in a beautiful way. And very early on, Crystal, this is where you and I, our stories overlap. Um, and we'll share, we'll share that later about how that happened. Cause that was a really cool God thing too. But um, Crystal and I began working together at the Crisis Pregnancy Center, and together we were experiencing truly the the joy, but also the the trauma and the brokenness um, that that comes with being in the trenches of family life, um, and being in a crisis, working in a crisis pregnancy center that shared a parking lot with the local abortion clinic, because um, that's where God wanted us to be, and He literally moved mountains to put us there. So. Um, so just to maybe share um, an experience of, of what we were, we were encountering on a daily basis at the Pregnancy Resource Center, um, just to kind of hit the pause button and explain the context, our center focus was not only on the acute needs of like a, a woman or family experiencing, you know, being... Um, 
being abortion minded and and coming into our center and having an ultrasound and us talking through how we can help them successfully journey into parenthood. But we had a real focus on long-term help. And so women who weren't necessarily abortion minded could come. Women who were experiencing a crisis pregnancy, but um, just needed help. They needed love. They needed, um, they were lost, they were broken, and they, they needed support. And so that's how I encountered um, the young girl, we call her princess, when we recount her story. And it's in the wandering heart. When she came in, she was a young woman um, pregnant with her third child. And she did not know who any of the fathers for her children were. Um, and I just remember I was sitting across from her in one of our client advocacy rooms and, and we were talking, um, she was explaining to me the certain things in her life that were going to be huge hurdles um, to raise another baby. And um, I, I remember seeing a cross around her neck and I was overcome with how sad she seemed. And I felt called to just ask her um, if she knew what the daughter of King was. And she looked at me kind of like I was crazy. And she's like, like a princess. And I said, you know, yes. And I just, I really felt like God was really asking me to connect with her here in, in letting her know that she, I said, you know, you are the daughter of a king, the king of kings, and you are a princess. And you are giving yourself away to men who do not understand your infinite worth and that you deserve so much more. And, you know, and I just like asked her, like, do you know that? And I remember she pulled her hand back and she got really angry initially. And she, you know, kind of yelled at me. was like, look at you talking to me, thinking you know who me, you know, who I am. Um, and then she started to cry and she said, nobody has ever said that I was worthy of anything before. And I thought, okay, <laughs> that's when I began to cry. Um, and that, that was the, that was the moment. And if I can just read that piece of the story here in Wandering Heart, that was the, that was it. And I wrote here it was the exposed root of abortion's evil, the same root that produced such rotten fruit in my own life, the lie that tried to strip my body and soul of value. The prowling lion was devouring her in the same way it had me by perverting her heart's inherent desire to rest in the truth that she was seen, known, and loved by God. Evil tempted her to believe that her value was based upon what she could offer to the world. In the empty shadows she lurked behind, he hissed the lie into her ear. To be seen, to be known, and to be loved is to be used. And for me, that was that was a moment where I thought God is doing something here. He, that moment has stayed with me forever. I can I can picture what she was wearing. Like in that room, God has solidified that in my heart, and and in He was creating for me, planting a seed of urgency that that there was something going on here that. The consequence was abortion, 
but she was there and abortion clinic were at a pregnancy resource center in a crisis pregnancy. She was, she was experiencing a brokenness like I was, we had different backgrounds, different stories, but there's a common denominator there. And it exposed the root of, of abortion's evil, this lie. And it all came back to the fact that to be seen, to be known, and to be loved is just is just to be. That's just something that God gives us. Um, but the culture was telling us something different. And we were, I mean, by the busloads, we were falling for it. Um, and so, Crystal, when you were there working at the clinic, you experienced evidence of this same stuff in different ways. Yeah. Um, so for me, one of the hardest things working at uh, the pregnancy center was watching the parking lot fill up for the abortion clinic that was right next door. Um, it, the anxiety of seeing all those cars just filling the parking lot first thing in the morning was a lot. And I remember, um, I remember thinking about the women, the men, the families that were showing up. And I think that what, one of the things that really um, sticks out to me was the number of moms bringing their daughters to the abortion clinic. Um, You know, I would see, I would see these moms, you know, leading their daughters by the elbow to the, to the doors of the abortion clinic because they thought that the the best thing for their daughter's future was to end the life of their grandchild. And that just, it just broke my heart. And I remember thinking, you know, <clears throat> here we are fighting what we thought was the battle in the parking lot to try to offer these women a last moment of kind of what we called hope in the darkness. Um, and thinking that that was the battle. And really, I think what we started to realize at that point was that the battle had started years beforehand because seeing a mother bring her daughter into the abortion clinic meant to me that something is inherently wrong here. It's disordered. Um, and I realized that that had started just years before. So we're dealing with a spiritual battle and that battle is against design. God's design for life and love. Um, if you're like most parents, if you're like me, it's hard to put into words, but you feel it. You know, the enemy uses the voice of our culture to hiss lies into the hearts of our kids. Evil tells us that truth is subjective. Faith is ignorance. Pride is virtuous. Love is contingent. And the worth of a human life is calculated by its utility. And if I can for a moment, there's a a piece in Wandering Heart that you wrote that I just really feel speaks to this. If the culture is louder than our faith, then we will raise children who hear lies hissed in their ears over the song of Christ in their hearts. If we are to send our children into the world to love and respect the dignity and sanctity of every human life, We must first sing the love and life of Christ into their hearts. And like Mary, while the melody of his love plays, we must pray, grow, and serve together, pointing those around us to her son, 
trusting in his will and resting in the victory of his cross. Well done, lady. Beautiful words. You have a gift. That sounds really good. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It does. So I think think that, um, you know, when we look back and we came together and then you and I would spend days, like after the, the day was over, we would, we would come together with this same concern. And, um, you know, your mom, I'm a mom. We would say, dang, like, what can we do today that would prevent women and families showing up in a year, two years, five years, 10 years? What does that look like? And we were recognizing that there was a really, there was a urgent battle being waged and that the, the triage of a crisis pregnancy center um, was good and necessary but it wasn't ultimately where God was calling us to serve. Um, and so we just really needed to pray through that and ask God, you know, what that was supposed to look like. And over time, it really emerged as, as the Pelican project. I mean, it just, it was just like all of a sudden the Pel- we were like, okay, the Pelican project is here. Yes. This is it. God's like, da, da, da. and, um, you know, I don't, you know, then we had to figure out what, what that, what God's plan what that was. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, what that, what that did, um, was, was give us a new mission and it wasn't a new mission. It, it was kind of, it was the mission that, that underlined what we were doing at the center. And that was to reawaken a culture of life. Um, but to do that within the domestic church and and do that by having life-affirming conversations every single day in the home. Um, and that meant we were going to plant seeds. We were going to grow roots. And, and by doing that, form disciples and ultimately celebrate life. Um, because, you know, like, like you read, it was all about this, this, perversion of what it meant to be seen, known, and loved. Um, and, and the culture just being so much louder than Christ's song in our hearts. And, and Christ's song was, and, and I started to hear, you know, I call it his song, but it's, you know, it's, it's, it's the, it's the core of our faith. Um, and it's what, as parents, we desire for our children to have, um, to know, to hold and to have within their hearts every single day that, um, you know, that you are seen, you are known, you are loved. You are my son or daughter. You are the precise and intentional and perfect work of my hands. You are holy. You are set apart for me by a sacred purpose. You are meant for eternity. You are beautiful you are chosen, you are beloved, you are mine. And, um, I just thought about princess, I, you know, and I'm sure you thought about those children, children, some children, some adults being brought by their own mothers, um, wives being brought by husbands, wives bringing husbands, um, that if they, if they knew that, if that was their anchor, that, the concept and the understanding of their own life 
and the life growing within them would would be changed. That perspective would be changed. And and that's that's what it is, right? It's changing hearts and and doing that. And God's design for the family, God's design for life, God's design for love, he gives us all of this through the context of family. And so pretty early on we recognize that if this is God's plan, we might as well just follow God's plan. And that's why the home became the mission field. How can we help mom and dad? Um, how can we help mom and dad with great resources, bite-sized um, conversations every day that layered with a with a consistency, you know, weeks, days, weeks, months of talking, using these words, using dignity, letting them know that they're beautiful, they're worthy. What does it mean to be worthy? What does it mean to be sacred? Why am I set aside? Why did God create me? What is my pur- purpose? And so that became the work of our our pro life hearts. What I think is so um, wonderful about that is, you know, when we talk about, you know, parents feeling or parents knowing it is they see this issue. They want to have these conversations with their kids, but they don't necessarily know how to have these conversations with their kids. Like I know you can have either whether you're, you were born and raised Catholic or you're a Catholic convert, you may have an idea of what those teachings are, but to explain some of those teachings um, of the, of the church to our kids can be a little bit difficult. So what I love about, you know, the resources in your writing, quite frankly, um, is that you give us the language. Like I knew, I know I need to have this conversation with my child, but it's really intimidating. So to be able to have, the resources of say, you know, like the pray, grow, serve devotional each week, being able to break that down into small pieces that aren't so intimidating and to have the language to just have those conversations as like a lead in for those conversations has been, I know, really helpful for me. So that's. Mm. Yeah, it is. I mean, and we're all in that, we're all in that boat. You know, I mean, I, I do a content of the writing, um, good, good, bit of the writing because I feel like that's where God has me. But when it comes to figuring out what the, what the heck we're supposed to be talking about, um, you know, that's, that's really you and your gift and your ability to say like, okay, these are, especially with a middle schooler, um, you know, I have the older ones that have kind of been through it and I have the younger ones that are approaching, but that middle school age, man, that's some tough you know, and, and just sort of talking through her questions and um, things that she's encountering at school and being able to have that organization of thought, like, okay, we have to, if we're going to teach this over here, we have to first teach this and kind of link that out, what that looks like in, in the way you organize that um, for right, us. So that they have that foundation. Yeah. I want them to have that foundation before those questions start. Exactly. Like, you know, for example, one, one of the big ones, and I know, you know, we're going to, we're going to talk about really the meat of what we do in a, in a later surprise podcast. Um, but um, just, just even the idea of talking about gender, um, you know, so many people would say like, oh, that's weird. Why would I, you know, you're doing life affirming ministry. Why are you talking about gender? Like, why is that important? But the dignity of God's design for who he created us to be includes every part of ourselves. 
And when we allow pieces of those to become subjective, we try and unravel the whole thing. It cannot be a house built on sand. Right. Um, it, has it, to be, yeah, it has to be just, we have to be so rooted in the truth and understanding of, of who he created us to be and why. And in the, the, the breath that the huge, you know, vast breadth of that depth of that, that anything, any question that comes down the line, whether it be um, a woman's fertility or an inability to conceive or suffering um, through an illness or um, questioning one's gender or um, struggle in, in understanding his design for marriage, it all comes back to the dignity of the human person and that he just desires us to flourish. So when we get that right, we get everything else right. And that's that's what we press in on at the Pelican Project with our content and with hopefully the community that um, is starting to flourish, that we look forward to continuing to grow. Um, and I think I, I just want to kind of go back to for a minute, um, just kind of as all this was coming together. And we actually spoke this week two nights ago. I don't even remember. It was late. Um, we are in on the East coast, but we spoke to a group, um, a CWC Catholic women of the chapel group at JBLM. It's a military um, base in Washington. So there was a time difference there. So it was super late for us. And my, my husband says my brain is solar powered. So when the sun goes down, like my ability to function also. <laughs> so God bless them for putting up with us, um, that late at night. But, um, in, in sharing with them at the end, they asked questions and they asked, um, do you guys have a patroness of your organization? And like, we have never, like we do, but we've never had that very specific conversation. And like, I, I think like, Oh, I, I really love, you know, our lady star of the sea. She just really guides me. I have an image, but the reality is for me, I think it's our lady of Chestahova, you know? Um, and because as all of this was coming together, um, and we talked about last week, it was, at the end of the day, it was lo- it's looking at our blessed mother with those battle scars and recognizing that she is not only a mother, but she's a warrior. And that's what we're called to be in this spiritual battle. So Amen. Amen. And next week we'll we'll talk about our stuff and just how we can serve you, the listener. Right. So if you have any questions, please feel free. Send them in to us. Let us know. We'll do our best to answer them for you next week. Awesome. All right. Well, we are praying for you guys. Please keep us in your prayers. And uh, until then. Bye.